This is the MG Car Club podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this week's episode, Pete Barrett returns to answer all of your questions on insuring your MG. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club podcast. Hope you're well. Wayne Scott with you on Drive It Day weekend. Hope you're going to get your MGs out this weekend. April the 25th is National Drive It Day, the National Awareness Day, of course, that raises awareness of the historic vehicle community and through that awareness campaigns for the preservation of our right to enjoy yesterday's cars on tomorrow's roads. So whatever you get up to, make sure you get your little bit of transport heritage out on the road this weekend. And if you have got your Drive It Day plates, of course, all the profits from which went towards the NSPCC's Childline charity this year via driveitday.co.uk, do take some pictures because the FBHVC, who run the National Drive It Day, would love to see what you're doing with your MGs wearing their plaques proudly on April the 25th. For Drive It Day this year. You can post your pictures online really easily at driveitday.co.uk. Also, you can share them on the MG Car Club social media feeds as well. We'd love to see where you go, what you get up to, and what you're enjoying with your MG on National Drive It Day, April the 25th, 2021. A long way from here in China, the Shanghai Auto Show took place during the last week and MG went all out with a fantastic display of their current lineup of cars in China, including the brand new sports car concept, the Cyberster. And it was a show that was, well, riddled with technology, actually, as MG unveiled the world's first pure electric super sports gaming cockpit the MG Cyberster at the Shanghai Auto Show. I'm not quite sure I understand what that means either. But we'll learn more as more information comes out of the Motor Show as MG claims they're rekindling the young at heart people's sports cars dreams with the latest works of high-energy romanticism with the Cyberster and the first co-creation platform MG Cybercube was also officially launched where basically you get to design cars with MG. It's a kind of interactive way of putting your spin on what cars MG produce. Be interesting to see how that pans out. Also, MG made a number of customized models, especially for the show, including a tuned version of the MG6 called, remember this name, the MG6 X Power. You can see all the pictures and more details online at mgcc.co.uk. Just check out the news pages there for a full rundown on what MG brought to the very techy-looking Shanghai Auto Show 2021. Also, amazing news, we're on the telly. It's true, the MG Car Club are on Great British Railway Journeys. That's the TV show with Michael Portillo where he wears his crazy-coloured blazer and trouser combinations. Uh, we do air on Monday the 26th of April at half six on BBC Two. And it was a day where Michael Portillo and his film crew came and stopped by Kimber House in Abingdon, the home, of course, of the MG Car Club, to learn all about MGs and how they relied and had a relationship with the Great Western Railway during those heydays of steam. It also features one of our members' cars, Jim Andrews' MGVA as well. And there's a few glimpses of other staff members' cars in the background. So uh, keep your eye out for that. BBC Two at half six, 
aired first on Monday the 26th of April. More MG news, as always, available via the MG Car Club pages at mgcc.co.uk with race reports from the Brands Hatch Indy Circuit where the MG Car Club Race Championship are this weekend for the 24th and 25th of April. Now, now getting straight on with it as we've got lots of your questions to answer with Pete Barrett from Cherish Vehicle Insurance Services, the MG Car Club's insurance partners. And Pete is next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. On this week's MG Car Club podcast, we have Pete Barrett back with us to answer some of your questions on insurance. Now, we launched a brand new insurance scheme for the MG Car Club way back in February, and we had Pete on that back in episode 43 already. You can listen back to that first interview with Pete very easily via mgpodcast.uk. And in episode 43, we introduced Pete to you, and we said that if you had any insurance questions, we would get Pete back on the podcast and ask some of those questions for you. Well, Pete is back on. He's with us now. Hiya, Pete. Hi, Wayne. How are you doing? Very good, thanks. And amazingly, we're almost two months in now to having Cherish Vehicle Insurance Services on board with the MG Car Club as our insurance provider. And you are working hard, I know, to put together the best insurance package for members. So give us some background again. Let's remind ourselves of who Cherished are and what the backstory is. Yeah, sure. So Cherish Vehicle Insurance is one of the specialist arms of A-Plan Insurance Group. Uh, we predominantly specialise in, well, cherished vehicles, funnily enough, with that name. Uh, so we, we look after a number of classic car clubs, uh, including the MG Car Club, uh, and develop specialist uh, insurance policies with extra benefits above and beyond what you get on a normal classic car policy to make sure that the members uh, have got the best uh, policy available for them. Well, the great thing um, is, as you mentioned there, you've worked with loads of different car clubs and you have great relationships with car clubs in, in amongst the various different marks that make up our fantastic industry, as it were. And the great thing for the MG Car Club is you've developed car club policies and learnt from them along the way, haven't you, Pete? So we're kind of the beneficiaries, really, of all that experience. Definitely. I, I've worked closely with another large car club for over four years now, and they've taught me an awful lot over the years of the sort of things I, that I need to know. And off the back of that, the MG Car Club has benefited um, in a scheme that's that's really well-rounded and sort of covers the those those extra needs that you don't really think about always uh, when it comes around to classic car insurance. So let's talk about you before we get into the meat of some of these insurance questions pete because i do know you're an mg man and you're an mgf man and i know you've been quite busy working on it recently what you've been up to so last year on my birthday um I, my cam belt decided to snap on me in my tf160 and somehow i managed to bend all of the valves at 30 mile an hour um which w w was was depressing to say the least um so I put it into the garage to be fixed because it was one of those jobs where I thought, okay, this is a bit out of my league whilst 
well, I didn't really want to go out in the winter and try and fix it down the side of my house, tell you the truth. So I thought I'd pay for it. So uh, I've got a specialist to rebuild my the head, have it skimmed, pressure tested, new valves put in. Um, and that was all fitted nicely. So they decided to take it off for an MOT, at which point it rapidly failed on a load of rust in the sill, um, which I hadn't noticed before. So uh, then we had a substantial amount of welding done to it. And then we decided we'd better do the brakes as well because it failed on that as well. So had all new brakes all round as well. So it was all brilliant. Uh, been driving it around. It's been great fun uh, up until the cold snap the other day when it decided to split the rear, rear win, window on the on the hood and then the driver's door door handle snapped off when I went to open it. So me and Emma, she's spent, I've spent lots of money on her, but she's still fighting me every little bit of the way. <laughs> Cars go through phases like this, don't they? And I think anyone listening to this who's owned a classic MG at some point has had this happen to them where you go through like a period of like six months to a year where everything goes wrong and you just have to get through this wall, get out the other side, fix it all, and then things quieten down. But uh, I suppose due to its age as well, it's just getting to that point where it needs some TLC, isn't it? So it's a 2002 model that's done 102,000. So I've probably spent its value in terms of if I wanted to buy another one three, four times over now on it. But I love it. It's great fun. And um, yeah, I'm sort of committed to keeping it on the road. In for a penny, in for a pound, eh? <laughs> well, that's right. And of course, you pour all of this love and affection into this car. And as you say, spend more than it's worth on getting it right. And what you want to make sure is that if someone crashes into it or if you have an accident, that it's well covered. And that's the main thing that we're here to talk about. So you've now got two months under your belt as MG Car Club insurance providers what have you learned about MGs over the last two months, Pete, that you didn't know before? <laughs> ZTs. I've learned a little bit about ZTs that I didn't know about in terms of their construction. Somebody was educating me on how they were put together. Um, what else have I learned about? Uh, other than where to look look for rust on Fs and TFs. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, there's been so many little things. And there's also the people. I've learned a lot about the, the members, which has been lovely. I mean, delightful membership to talk to and hear some of the stories and things that people get up to. And also the charity work that the club does as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really nice just sort of making those initial contacts with members of the club to, to understand who we're dealing with. There is such a diverse range of cars that you're looking to insure here, aren't there? Right the way from our pre-war vintage MGs, right the way up until, as you say, the Zs, and even beyond that, the MG3s and MG6s. So is that quite a challenge for an insurance company to develop policies for, or is one cherished car much like another in terms of insurance? How does that work? I think for your older stuff, everything's sort of pre-90s, well, even up to 99, it's it's relatively easy to insure those cars so that you, so, well, you can insure them as classics. Making sure you've got the right sort of classic level of benefits on, on them is a different thing. But once you get into your sort of more modern 2000s cars, a lot of insurers won't look at those as classics, especially, say, your Zs and, and um, even the more modern MGs. Um, we've 
managed to develop specialist schemes for those areas. So um, like um, on the MG Car Club, we can rate the modern MGs as leisure vehicles, which is like modern classics, essentially. So it means that you've got that extra peace of mind that you can have agreed value on there. So you'll definitely get back what the cars, well, what we've agreed the value is of that car, rather than it being left up to an engineer if the car's written off. Or for it to get fixed, you know, a, a, a specialist repairer, rather than it going into a sort of um, repair network where they might not be as specialist as, as you need to, to repair those vehicles. Um, as with the classics, again, that's one of the key benefits of the scheme is you can actually pick where you want to um, get your vehicle repaired at, uh, subject to it being approved in sort of terms of the cost. But it's it, yeah, it's it's really good that you can you can choose where it's going and uh, who's going to repair it. And if you don't have an idea of who you'd like to use, then you can ask us, and we'll we can suggest some reputable firms for you as well. That's an important point that you're making there, isn't it? Because a lot of people will choose insurance based purely on price, and especially the Zeds—they're the kind of cars that you can very easily get insurance quotes from just sort of general things on the market. You go to any of the comparison websites you bang in the number plate and you just get a really cheap quote but what the important point you've made there is that they aren't going to get treated as cherished classics and enjoy all of the benefits that some of those classic car policies offer and that's what you're able to do and it's important as we go into the era where cars like the zeds are now they are genuine classic cars that need protecting and preserving for the future aren't they they are, and they're fabulous cars. Um, within my team, I've got Simon, who's who's got, uh, well, a ZR and a ZT. And, um, yeah, he's, he's given me a lift to work while the MG was off the road. And, um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Um, and it also seems slightly quicker than mine, which was a bit disappointing as well. So, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, celebrating 20 years, of course, this year, the Z. So uh, an ideal year to uh, talk about insuring them properly and making sure that, well, as part of our Save Our Zeds campaign here in the MG Car Club, that they're properly protected through insurance means as well. So let's have a look at some of the questions that our listeners to the MG Car Club podcast have been sending in. And along the way, we'll also pick up some of the questions that I know, Pete, you've had because you've been traveling around the regions, around the CRBs within the car club, doing Zooms, and you've been meeting the members face to face via the virtual platforms of Zoom during the pandemic, haven't you? I have, and it's been really exciting and interesting to sort of it's a completely different media for me to how I'd normally do this. Normally, we'd go meet at a pub where everybody's uh, where 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 everybody's meeting up, and um, but doing it on Zoom, it's it's been really interesting. It's quite nice because you know you you can do a presentation on there, and you can have that interaction without having to travel or stay away for the night. Um, but as as sort of summer's coming now, and the, you know, hopefully with the pandemic lockdown sort of relaxing a bit. I should be able to get out and actually meet people properly again and have a pint maybe as well. Well, we look forward to seeing you in person as well. And uh, yeah, pint always sounds good to me, Pete. It really does. Um, <laughs> let's go through some of these questions. And actually, our first question here does relate to Zeds in many ways. And of course, some of the newer MGs. And Andy asks, uh, what about newer MGs? Do they enjoy the same classic car cover that the vintage and pre-war cars cover? Well, I think we've almost answered that. But this is the point, isn't it? You're covering all of the MG range right the way up to present day but as leisure vehicles 
That's right. Well, the the everything that was built in the UK up till the closure, I can do as a classic car if it's a second vehicle. I can do on referral some of them as main vehicles, but it has to be relatively lower mileage at that point. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is, it's best just give us a call and we'll see what we can do. Uh, there is a lot of flexibility in the scheme with what we what we can look after for you. And we'll make and try and find uh, uh, the right fit for you because we are an advice service as well. So unlike a lot of insurers, we're not just taking an order. We're 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 looking to find out what your needs are and then fit the policy around what they are. Well, Jim also asks uh, on mileage. This is can you cover my MG, which is my club car? I take it to shows, but I also commute in it. I take it to work. Um, limited mileage is always a bit of a problem for me. Can I still insure with you? Is his question. Yes, you can. Um, we'd, we'd again. This would be one of those bespoke type policies that we'd have a look at to make for you. We'd probably rate it as normal daily driver, but be able to tack on the extra benefits of things like agreed value for you. But it is all subject to the underwriting criteria and um, making sure that it's sort of acceptable to our underwriters first. But yeah, give us a call and let me have a look to see what I can do. Another question here about garaging at home. Uh, we had a number of these, actually. Uh, thanks for getting in touch. Ian, Neil and Jan on the MG Car Club podcast page at mgpodcast.uk. A lot of these coming through the contact form there. They asked, does my car need to be garaged when it's at home or do you cover the car when it's not garaged? How does that work? Now, uh, Ian in particular says that uh, he's had a look at some of the clauses in the insurance documents and it states that his MG must be garaged at all times. Um, how does that work? What flexibility is there? On a classic car policy, and this is pretty much across the board with most insurers, if you say your car is garaged, then you will end up with something called a garaging clause that applies to your policy, which means your vehicle should be kept in a garage between the hours of 10pm and 6am in the morning with the panel that I use uh, to ensure um, to ensure that you're covered for theft at that point. Now, when when we do a fact find with you and we're looking to do a quote for you, we're trying to find out exactly what you where you're keeping your car. So if you tell us occasionally you're going to keep it on your drive, then we can actually build the policy around that. So um, we'll actually rate it as if it's kept on the drive, which usually doesn't make much difference. You know, it might be five pounds might be £10 difference. But if we do that, that means that you won't get a garaging clause. You can put it in the garage by all means and it'll be safely locked away. But for your peace of mind, it does mean that if, if you do leave it on the, on the drive overnight, then at that point, you've got that peace of mind, you're covered. The other thing with the garaging clause is it only applies when your vehicle's at your home. If your vehicle's in the course of its journey, so if you're going out on a tour or you've gone off to visit people somewhere else, it doesn't need to be garaged when it's when it's in that course of that journey. It's only when the car's kept at your home address. Oh, great. So if you're uh, leaving it at a hotel or whatever, then the hotel car park is fully covered, and that's important. That's correct, yeah. Interesting, you mentioned the phrase fact-finding with us when we call you, and it's an important tip, really, for when you buy an insurance. And I think a lot of people, when they get on the phone to an insurance company, they get asked all of these questions. A lot of people can be a little bit cagey about 
answering the questions or perhaps, you know, be worried about what their answer might imply on their cover. But the main tip really is just to tell you guys everything, be open, honest and go into detail, because the more information you have, the better the policy will suit people. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, completely. If I if I know what your needs are, I can make sure you're covered for it. If I don't know, or you think, you know, oh, I might save some money because I haven't told him he's gonna I'm gonna be doing this with it, then the potential is that the insurers may not pay out at that point. And that again goes for pretty much all insurers across the board. If if you if you if you yeah, if you're trying to manipulate the answers to to get a cheaper price, that's not always the best thing. And believe it or not, sometimes use some things actually work out cheaper um on a policy that if you if you tell us the, the correct answer then uh, if if you told us the opposite way around so i don't know if you're an accountant and you you tell me that you you're going to commute but you occasionally go and visit clients i've actually got a little factor on our policy that sort of means that if you actually have business use it works out the same as commuting but if you don't use it then it, it may work out slightly more so um it's weird but hey ho that's the way insurance goes sometimes <laughs> well this is it and you know do tell pete when you ring him about how exactly you're going to use the car you've mentioned business use there and you know it's we've all done it occasionally we want to just take the classic along to work or whatever uh, and you know if you're out going and seeing clients or or customers in your classic leave yourself the option of doing that we do want to see mgs being used for goodness sake so just tell pete that that's what you intend to do and you can get covered the other thing of course is motorsport isn't it if you're doing 12 car rallies or navigational or uh, regularity rallies that are held on the public road if you do those and we hold a lot of them in the mg car club it's important to tell you about those as well isn't it yes, just let us know i mean the scheme covers you for those um unless they're sort of closed road sections um so that we're, we're fully aware because that means if there is an accident or something happens we've been aware we've been made aware of it and i'm not going to have any problems when the claims department phones me up and said did you know mr so-and-so was doing this at the time and i said yeah i was fully aware of it and i agreed it and it's as simple as that um really easy to do um and it just means that we've got a good view of what's going on the other thing of course that you need to know about is when we're going abroad now because you have to issue a special green cards and this leads us on to andrew robson's question he says your podcast featuring details of the new arrangement with a plans cherished vehicle insurance services raised a couple of points Pete appeared to suggest that green cards provided comprehensive cover. It was my understanding that a green card only offers basic cover for the countries visited and that if you wanted to have the same comprehensive cover as your policy provided in the UK, you'd have to pay extra to be upgraded. Is that true? So some insurers will only give you third party cover whilst you're abroad and you do. Um, and with those insurers, sometimes you're able to pay extra to have comprehensive cover. Our actual club scheme gives you comprehensive cover full stop. You don't have to pay any extra, gives you 90 days of Euro use. Uh, the green card is there just so that you can show the gendarme or whichever police force that you're properly insured whilst you're abroad. But yeah, we're pleased to say you're fully comprehensively insured whilst driving in Europe. So there we go, Andrew. You might have that from other insurance policies, but not from the MG Car Club's policy. You are fully insured abroad 
as long as you have your green card with you. Uh, second point from him, actually. Also, I'm led to believe that since Brexit, any accident occurring in an EU country must be processed within that country and in the language of that country. What provisions does CVIS have in place to deal with any such incident? Uh, Cherish Vehicle Insurance Services, CVIS. So, uh, dealing with accidents abroad, Pete. So, that is a very good question. KGM Claim Service, uh, which is the main provider that we use, uh, would have a, well, they, they would be in contact with the third party insurers. Um, and then they'd sort it out from there. Is, I mean, in terms of getting your car fixed and repatriated, that would happen. Uh, we could try and get that sorted out for you and get your car recovered. After that, it's really up to the insurance companies to sort it out in whichever way they need to. If there's any police involvement or uh, court cases, etc., then again, you may well be asked by your insurer to, to attend court, but that, that's the same as in the UK. Um, yes, it might be in a different language, but the insurers know what they're doing and they wouldn't insure you to do it if they weren't following the regulations at that point. And I guess there's another important tip there. If you are in the throes of a claim and you've had an accident and you're dealing with the process, I think the top tip that's come out of that, Pete, is to let the insurance company deal with it for you and don't try and get involved with the third party yourself. Do it all through your insurer. It's so much easier just to let it sort it out for you. And also, if you do have an accident, please let me know in the office or let my team know in the office as soon as possible. And if things aren't happening as you would expect them to happen, then please let me get in contact with me um, so that I know what's happening. The worst thing is, is when something, when, when something takes longer than you're expecting it to, and I don't know that's happening, then I can't do anything about it. If you get in contact with me and say, Pete, this isn't happening as quickly or as how I would expect it to, I can then wade in and uh, get things sorted. I had an example today where um, one of our clients had had his wing mirror damaged and um, the estimate hadn't been approved by the insurers because it had been emailed to the wrong email address or something along those lines. Um, I phoned up the insurers, got a copy of the approval. I phoned up the garage, got their email address. I sent it straight through to them. I then got them to phone the client straight away and it was sorted in 12 minutes. That he'd spent two days prior to that trying to sort it all out and found it very frustrating. For me, it's quite easy because this is something I do every day. So just ask me and I'm, I'm here to help. This is the whole benefit of having a, a team that's, um, well, an insurance broker um, that's here to help you. We have an insurance broker that's partnered with the club that are real people. You and I are talking now. You are the person that talks to the clients if they have a problem. These are real people that we can access and build a relationship with, not like the sort of faceless insurance companies that you can find really easily on the internet. That is really important, especially when you're dealing with a cherished vehicle, isn't it? It is, and I also really care. Um, I mean, I'm going to meet you guys out and about while it shows, etc. I want to, I, I don't want to have any problems with uh, anybody in the future. I'd rather just come sit in a beer tent with you, tell you the truth, and have a chat about your car uh, and tell me what you've been up to. Um, so, yeah, we really don't want any problems. And I really just want to make sure everybody's happy and have a long-term sort of relationship with the members and the club as I have with um, multiple other car clubs. 
Well, ultimately, we all need insurance. We don't want it, but we need it. We need it for the law. We need it to make sure our asset, our car, is protected. So we might as well try and make it the most pleasurable experience to buy it and have it as we can, really. I completely agree. I mean, really, with Cherish Vehicle Insurance, we're all petrol heads that do insurance rather than insurance people that are trying to do classic cars. We've got a real passion for it ourselves, get our hands dirty, um, like restoring vehicles, like our cars. And and that's that's a key factor when I'm recruiting people as well, is that I want them to be friendly. I want them to have a passion about cars and I want them to be interesting and, and um, you know, uh, just generally good people, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, it makes such a difference talking to genuine, passionate people about our cars. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do this podcast without that genuine passion and interest there and talk about your MGF and uh, laugh at how much you spent on it. And (laughs) all of these things are important. (laughs) You are club members alongside the rest of us, which is a a really great thing. So uh, keeping on with all of the questions coming through at the website, the MG Podcast website at mgpodcast.uk. By the way, if you want to find out any more information about the scheme, the contact details, Pete will give them out in a moment, but you can find them all under the insurance tab at MG gcc.co.uk or within the pages of safety fast magazine and pete you write a column in safety fast magazine every month don't you just giving the latest on the insurance industry and some really important tips for people looking to insure their mgs that's right so um i've started writing cherished news now um so uh usually there's a little bit about what i've been up to at my tales of woe with uh, my car and then, you know, any questions or things that have been popping up regularly with members phoning us up, I try to highlight those in there so that, um, you know, it spreads the word so everybody's got the answer if, if you know, if there's any queries. Well, one of the queries that has come through to us here on the podcast is about door locks and also cover with the roof down and lots of people actually asking this question. Is the MG covered if I leave it with the roof down or is the tonneau cover for those that have a full tonneau cover enough and what if my pre-war MG I'm guessing in particular doesn't have door locks explain so if your car doesn't have door locks or windows um, but you do have a tonneau cover then a tonneau cover is firstly considered to be the same as a hood so if you put your hood up so that means your car's secure. Now, if you don't have door locks, then that's fine because your car was never fitted with door locks. So you can't secure it any more than it was secure before. Um, if you do have windows and they're wind up windows, then on our policy, we would like you to wind up your windows and lock your doors if you have door locks, but you can still leave your roof down and your car will still be covered for theft as long as you don't have a power assisted hood. And I think the only MG that may have had a, a power assisted hood. It was a couple of Fs or maybe TFs that had the extra packet pack that you could order from the factory fitted. So they're the only ones that really need their roof up. The only key caveat to, to all of this or thing that you've got to bear in mind is you do need to take precautions to make sure your vehicle's safe and secure. And the safe bit is the bit that I'm going to highlight on. So if you were to take your vehicle park it in the centre of Birmingham and leave it all day or any other big city for that matter and it happens to be pinched because you've left your roof down then you wouldn't be covered at that point but 
if you leave your car, if you've gone to the pub, you leave the roof down, you're doing a show, you've left the roof down, um, you, you popped into the petrol station or pop into the shops for five minutes, as long as you've um, wound up your windows or put up your windows if you've got windows or lock the doors if you've got door locks, then you're covered. It's one of those difficult ones, isn't it? Because it all kind of depends on the scenario. But the best advice that we can give people is take all the precautions you can. I mean, really, apart from some of the really early cars, putting the roof up is a pretty quick process. It's probably best just to pop it up if, you, you know, if you're leaving your car for any period of time. Um, but obviously it shows you want to leave the roof down and, and people should be happy that they're covered for that. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think the whole idea of it is if it's about taking a bit of responsibility yourself for your car as well. So I know with my MG, I'll run into Tesco's quickly to do a quick shop and I'll quite happily leave the roof down if I know I'm going to be in there for 10 minutes. But I will wind up, put the electric windows up and, you know, press the key fob to set the alarm. Probably have to run out two minutes later because the alarm will go off. But um, uh, but no, I'll, I'll leave it there like that. But if I was going to go and leave the car for a couple of hours, then I'm not going to just walk away and leave the hood down because something's definitely going to happen to it at some point if you do that, If even if it's just a seagull going by. <laughs> Absolutely. I know I had a weird experience on some services on the M1 once where I left the car with the roof down parked in the car park in the services on the M1. And it was outside the other side of a glass screen where I was basically sat having a coffee and making some phone calls for work or whatever. And I heard on the tannoy system across the services, welcome break or whatever, uh, my registration number and a reminder that I'd left it with the roof down and I'm sat basically next to the car, just the other side of the glass. <laughs> so um, a couple of other ones, actually, sort of recent issues that we've seen, especially in the motor in press, LED lights, Pete. So they were illegal, then they weren't illegal, then they were definitely illegal, and people were being failed at MOT stations because they had them in. But now we've kind of got exemptions for cars built before 1986. How does it affect insurance? Does it affect insurance? What on earth's going on? <laughs> I'm confused, Wayne. I, I just can't keep up. But no, the, the same rule applies as we have before. So basically, if your car's been fitted with LED lights, as long as they're not angel eye style headlights, um, then the um, the MG Car Club scheme, basically, it will pay out if you have a claim. And so, yeah, you don't need to worry about LED lights, essentially. That's it. You just It doesn't mean that your car's road legal, uh, but, yeah, as far as we're concerned, we're fine. I guess the word of caution really is road legal, isn't it? And buy your LED conversions from a reputable source because the problem that we see at the car club all the time is people buying these cheap, horrible kits off eBay or whatever from people they don't know. They fit them to their cars and either the beam pattern is completely wrong or they actually make their cars less visible at night. And there is a risk if you fit those that your car, I guess, could be considered not suitable for the road. So I guess the top tip really on lighting is to make sure you're getting them from a reputable source and that they're good quality kits. The lights that you do fit, and this was one of the actual other little bits in there, should be of equal lumens or luminosity to the wattage that was originally fitted to the lights before. Okay, yeah, important point that. And talking of MOTs, obviously there are a lot of MGs now and increasing numbers year on year as the exemption is rolling that fall into this 40 year and above 
age bracket where actually MOTs are no longer compulsory. Now, this causes some grey areas with insurances, of course, because now it's very difficult to prove how roadworthy a car can be. So how are you dealing with this issue at Cherished? Well, I think one of the first things we do is when we're looking at our policies, we're looking to hopefully arrange them on a agreed value. So to do that, we get six colour photographs of the vehicle. Um, and when we look at those those photos to agree the value, you can make a bit of a judgment on the condition of the vehicle. Um, but I, th I think the general thing is, it's more about from a point of safety uh, as well. If your cars, if you're if you're taking advantage of that by thinking, oh yes, I don't need an MOT, my you know the car's fine. Personally, I get your car checked once a year anyway, just because you don't know what little gremlins or things you might have missed um, or what may have happened over the last year. I mean, one of our other, my, my other company car, which at the moment um, is, is undergoing a bit of restoration, I was quite shocked to find out just how rusty it was underneath the uh, gleaming uh, red paint. Uh, and, you know, it had, had an MOT, it passed, but... Trust me, when I dug a bit deeper, I don't know how it passed because it was it was quite scary to find some of the repairs that have been done on the past on it. So, you know, it's about taking care of yourself and, and also the other people around you. Because if, if you do cause an accident um, and, and you hurt somebody, one, you've got to live with that for the rest of your life. But also you've got to think to yourself, well, should I have, should I have got those brakes checked or was that wheel bearing really okay? Um, the insurers may have a, you know, they may send an engineer, well, they probably would send an engineer out to inspect the vehicle and check it out. And the thing is, if they do find that you've, you know, you've got a car that's really unroadworthy and shouldn't have been on the road, then, you know, they might turn around at that point and say they're not paying out. So it's your responsibility that your car is roadworthy, even if you don't have an MOT. And that's the whole thing with the classic car side of things with with the MOT exemption. If, if we as classic car owners don't look after our cars and there is a multiple accidents that happen that are pro high profile, then it might be that um, that goes out the window. And, you know, that's the the classic car. The whole classic car movement could be put under new different legislation that makes our lives a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing we need at the moment is to give people any reason to want us off the roads it's becoming a tough enough subject as it is with the uh, you know various conversations around uh, carbon output as it were so um yeah good advice there pete and good tips for everyone to just consider perhaps doing a voluntary check or a voluntary mot on your historic vehicle um get somebody else to have a look at it i mean when i put my car up on the ramp and I, I, I put it all back together. There was a bolt missing off the, there was a, just a bolt hanging out on the starter motor. And I was like, but that was done up two weeks ago. What's happened? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And, and actually you can't see things unless you're one of the lucky few as a four post lift in your garage and all of the lighting and stuff that goes with it. You just cannot get the, the same view on and underneath of a car that a garage mechanic can that's looking at it fresh for the first time, can you? No, definitely. That was the whole point. I was quite shocked, to tell you the truth. Luckily, it was just the starter and the other bolt was in. So, 
Well, that just about rounds up the questions that we had through onto the MG Car Club podcast contact form at mgpodcast.uk. Thanks to everyone who engaged with that and sent us in questions. Um, if you've got any more questions that you don't think we've covered on this podcast, send them in. Use the contact form there at mgpodcast.uk. And I'm sure Pete will be back on to the podcast to talk us through more of his tips on insuring your MG through the MG Car Club. Uh, but also an ideal opportunity of finding out more about Cherished Vehicle Insurance Services and also their partnership with the MG Car Club and how to insure your vehicle is to come and see Pete in person at Malvern. 13th to the 15th of August, of course, is the big Triumph and MG weekend. It's just down the road from you, Pete. You'll be there, won't you? I'm, I'm over the moon. It's at Malvern. It's not so far for me to go. Camping's great. It's a fantastic location. You know, you've got the Malvern Hills, some really good roads out that way as well. So, yeah, I think I think everybody that will attend it will really, really enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to meet all the members of that. Well, it will be myself in the arena doing all of the live interviews. We'll have you into the arena, of course, as part of the weekend's proceedings. And we'll get to take some of the questions from you, the MG Car Club members, to Pete on the day. Uh, so do join us for that arena session. Keep an eye on the website at triumphandmgweekend.com for all of the details on the itinerary for the live shows as it's announced. It will probably be announced at uh, the end of June or early July. So keep an eye out for that. And also keep an eye out on In Safety Fast for more information as well. But uh, if people can't wait until the big Triumph and MG show at Malvern, how can they get in touch with you, Pete? So you can either phone us on 0345 250 8282 or you could email us at cherished.vehicle at uk. Um, but yeah, phone's the easiest way to tell you the truth. Um, we have been very v- busy, so if you will get through to somebody pretty quickly, but they may not be able to help straight away, but those that can help will call you back um, later on in the day once they're free. So do bear with us because uh, there has been, um, yeah, a, a lot of members have been phoning us up uh, to get quotes, etc., and successfully taking insurance out with us as well. So thank you to all of you. Um, so yeah really good brilliant stuff well thank you for that pete and thanks for coming on and answering some of our questions from the mg car club and if you're up for renewal give pete a call it's nice to be able to talk to an insurer for once it all makes a difference in this ever digital world where things are a little bit faceless so uh, none of that here at the mg car club all of the details you need we'll put on the description with this episode of the podcast or of course you can go to mgcc.co.uk click on the insurance tab there and that'll link you through to pete as well so uh, for now we'll see you in Malvern Pete and uh, we'll be propping up the bar together hopefully but until then thanks for joining us thank you so much Wayne for having me subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk 